Welcome to the Fantastic Magic Center. I'm Kent Cummins, and I'm going to share the real secrets of magic. There's something fishy about some of the magic that I've seen. Now, if you want to know more about fortune-telling fish, just go back and listen to last week's episode. And if you'd like to learn about fresh fish sold here today, go back two weeks. But if you want to know more about the use of fish in magic, you're in the right place, because I'm going to talk about that today. The first thing I thought about was a magic trick that we saw Tim Dietz, who performs as Timios, doing a particular magic trick to try and fool Blackbird and Kent. I suppose I need to give you context for that. You may well be familiar with the very popular television show Penn and Teller Fool Us, and a magic club had created their own version of it. Adam Dunraven, the president of our Society of American Magicians, Austin Assembly 206, read about that and thought, hey, we could do that. So two of the senior members of our club, myself and Black Bert, who is Betil Fredström, originally from Sweden, but I think he's been a Texan for about 25 years now. The two of us would play the roles of Penn and Teller. It was a very fun Magic Club meeting just a couple months ago. Blackbird and I were sitting up front as nearly a dozen magicians came and tried to fool us. In all but one case, we were not fooled, although sometimes we were less fooled than others. But everyone was entertained. It was a lot of fun. And the person who fooled us did it with a very complicated card trick. That's not the story of this week's podcast. I want to talk about Tim Dietz, Themios, and the trick that he did trying to fool us. He wanted to be the last one performing, and so we let him do that. He had a volunteer come up and draw a fish on a piece of paper, and uh, he made a big point of making the fish realistic. He handed it back to the guy and says, no, no, this isn't, you know, you need gills and uh, whatever else. Then he crumpled up that piece of paper, did some magical stuff, and in the meantime, he had a woman come up and pour, I guess it was just water, from a water bottle into a wine glass and verified that there was nothing else in the glass. The denouement, the grand finale of the trick, was he showed the piece of paper on both sides, showed the fish, curled it up, turned it over, and a real live fish came sliding out of that little piece of paper and flopped around in the wine glass full of water. It was a very clever and fun trick, but Black Bert happened to be taking pictures of each of the contestants, and one of the pictures that he took happened to catch the secret, the gimmick, the method behind where that fish actually came from. Still, an interesting trick, an interesting way that magicians use fish in magic. The big stage illusionists of the 30s and the 40s and still in the 50s often had a magical fishing routine where they had a rod and reel or a fishing pole of some kind anyway, probably not a rod and reel, probably just a fishing pole, and they swing it over the heads of the audience and then 
when they pulled it back in, there was a fish on the end, and they would grab that fish and place it into a goldfish bowl or a small aquarium, and they would do that until they had produced quite a few fish. And then a really great finish to that was if they made that aquarium disappear. Water, fish, and all. One of the tricks that I've seen, because we've had it for sale more than once at the world-famous Austin Magic Auction, and by the way, the world-famous Austin Magic Auction in 2023 will be November the 4th, the first Saturday in November. And if you want information about that, go to austinmagicauction.com. And if it's after that time, before you get around to listening to this episode, go to that site anyway, because chances are very good we'll be having another world-famous Austin Magic Auction in 2024 and 2025 and 2026. After all, the very first one was in 1975. And this may sound like a fishy advertising ploy, and perhaps it is. Back to the point, there's a trick called Codology. It's a bar, piece of wood or metal with three ropes, and at the bottom of one of the ropes is a fish, a cloth fish. You tell the audience that you're going to make the cloth fish go from one end of the rope to the other. You put the bar behind your back, say the magic words, and when you bring it out, the fish is on the other end. But it's pretty obvious. You've just turned it around behind your back. But you prove you didn't by doing it again. Then, eventually, the fish appears in the middle. That's more amazing. And I've seen versions where then all three fish appear, but I don't think I like that version because that shows, oh yeah, there were fish on each rope anyway. We just couldn't see them. I've never performed that trick other than to show it off while selling it at the auction. It reminds me of what was probably the inspiration for it, and it was a trick called Monkey Bar. It was sold by Ken Allen back in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s, when I was in junior high, high school, I would get magic flyers in the mail, and uh, I would get the regular newsletter from Ken Allen, and he invented this trick called Monkey Bar, and instead of a fish, there was a monkey on the end of it, and I suspect that that's where Codology came from. The fish trick that I have the most experience with is Ink to Goldfish which is a trick that was, still is, sold by D. Robbins and Company, the purveyors of EZ Magic. <laughs> and that's a funny story, too. The catalog says E-Z Magic. And when I was a kid and I got my first magic catalog, which said that, I went to my dad and said, Dad, why isn't it A to Z Magic? Why does it start at E? And he had to explain to me that E-Z meant easy, E-A-S-Y. Ah, my. Things that we don't know when we're a little kid. And for that matter, there are a lot of things we don't know when we're a grown-up, like the secrets to some of the world's greatest magical illusions. Wait, I was talking about fish. Ink to goldfish is a trick in which you show a glass full of uh, black inky water, and you dip a white business card into it and pull it back out, all black on one half, proving that the water is really black and inky. You cover up the glass and the ink with a foulard, a handkerchief, a bandana, and you say the magic words, and when you lift it up, 
there in the glass, not just clear water, but clear water with goldfish swimming in it. The reason I know so much about this particular trick is that it was one of the six tricks for helping the environment that was included in the Magic Hotline Environmental Magic Kit. And that magic kit, Saving the Environment, is worth an episode all on its own. It was Chris Walden, who is my technical director, producer, and the guy who edits these podcasts and puts them up on Spotify. Chris Walden was the one, when he was very young, who had the idea of an environmental magic kit using magic to help teach people about the environment. I wound up being able to help him with that project, and one of the tricks that we had was the ink to goldfish, and we were talking about sludgy water and how important it was to keep it clean so that, for example, fish could safely swim in it and not die. At some point in the future, we'll have a podcast all about the environmental magic kit and the environmental magic program and why I was brought up before the ethics board of the Society of American Magicians. But I'm not talking about that now. That's for later. Maybe the name of this episode should be I Digress. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you how the ink to goldfish works. If you're very interested, you can contact me, Kent at magichotline.com, K-E-N-T, at M-A-G-I-C-H-O-T-L-I-N-E dot com, and I can give you more information. It is still being sold by D. Robbins Wholesale, and we still have some as part of our environmental magic stuff. It's actually a pretty cool trick. Now I want to tell you about our popcorn bowl. It is a huge glass bowl that we love to fill up with popcorn or perhaps tostaditas, the uh, corn chips that we use for guacamole and uh, queso. I digress yet again. The reason that I own that bowl goes back to decades ago, more, probably more than 50 years ago, when I bought out a retired vaudeville magician's act from the Fun and Magic Shop in San Antonio, Texas. And you can go back to one of the earliest podcasts and learn more about my relationship with Lewis Berkey and the Fun and Magic Shop. I have two vaudeville tables that I'm very proud of and still use sometimes. They are normally on display at the Fantastic Magic Center here in Georgetown, Texas. Occasionally, I'll pack them up and use them in a show. I plan to do that next week actually, and they're going to be part of the Barbie magic show, and that's a whole nother story too, but I digress. The reason I brought all this up is that some of the props that I bought when I bought out this uh, old vaudeville magician's act included props that weren't complete, and there was apparently a bowl vanish, a bowl of fish vanish, where you had this gigantic bowl of... uh, water and fish and you put it into a box and then flip the box open and that bowl was gone. Or maybe you showed the box empty and produced the bowl, but I don't think so. Uh, It wasn't clear because not all the props were with it. It was uh, an amazing thing and we had, in addition to the bowl and the box, we had a whole bunch of fake fish which tells you something about the secret to that particular trick. I know that you wouldn't want the fish to die when you make them disappear. 
that was a problem with the live parakeets or canaries in the vanishing birdcage trick. Something about that trick might cause a terrible, fatal accident to the bird. And so, yes, sometimes fake birds were used. Magicians are so sneaky. So now you know that magicians might use fake fish, and somewhere I read how to carve a fish out of a carrot, and they swore that when you put that into the water, it would look like a goldfish. Uh, I never tried it. Maybe so, maybe not. I have a sponge fish, which means it folds up small, that I use in a card trick, and the card trick is about a particular restaurant, the Sandwich Shops, which is a chain of sandwich shops that uh, I started in 1971 with my partner John Shakespeare when we were both in graduate school at the University of Texas. But guess what? I digress. The conclusion to this particular card trick has me opening up a lunchbox and producing a whole bunch of food out of it. And the food is mostly sponge rubber, so you can get a whole lot of funny-looking food in a fairly small container. It's pretty obvious that it's not real. And one of them is a fish. And this has nothing to do with magic, but when Margot and I were newlyweds, we went to a cafe one time and I ordered the rainbow trout, and it came out with the head and tail still on the fish, and the eyeballs were looking at me, and I couldn't eat it, and I don't think that has anything to do with magic. Ha, huh, I digress. I learned to fish because my dad loved fishing off the pier in Port Aransas, Texas, where we would sometimes go for summer vacations. He taught me how to cast. And speaking of cast, you know, every theatrical performance has a cast. That doesn't sound fishy at all. Well, I did warn you that this might be a fishy episode. I do know another piece of fish magic that I can share with you. It's actually an optical illusion, and it was put out by Abbott's Magic Company in Colon, Michigan. Officially the magic capital of the world. I had the privilege to go there once for one of their Abbott's magic get-togethers, their uh, somewhat annual convention. It is an absolutely amazing event. If you happen to find yourself in Colon, Michigan, during uh, usually around the end of August, I think, it's always worth going to Abbott's get-together. But the trick that they put out that I want to tell you about was called Tale of Two Fish and that's tail, T-A-L-E. Like most good magic, it's based on a story, and you tell a story of, in my case, when I performed it, I would talk about my little brother and I going fishing. I would show mom that I caught the biggest fish, but my little brother Carter would show mom that he caught the biggest fish. And it's that old optical illusion based on the Jastro effect, in which you have two semicircles, in this case, the semicircle pieces of cardboard have fish on them. I made up my own on red paper and then on blue paper so that I had a red fish versus a blue fish, and I could talk about those, and I could use the Dr. Seuss book, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, which I mentioned also when I was talking about the fortune-telling fish. You see, it all goes together. Magic is so much fun. 
and since I ended my fish story with an optical illusion, which you can't see from here, I guess maybe next week I'll talk more about optical illusions, and you may wonder about that because this is a podcast, not a videocast, and how could you possibly understand optical illusions? Well, there's some interesting stories about that. Tune in again next week. I'm Kent Cummins. Join us next time for more tales from the Fantastic Magic Center. And if you'd like even more information, well, join us on our website, fantasticmagiccenter.com. Kent cannot preserve the secret legacy of magic without your support. Start today by going to fantasticmagiccenter.com and clicking the red Join Our Patreon button.